When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by True Niagen and can be found on drdrew.com. Click on the banner to see how you can get this amazing product today. Also, Bergamot Sport is something we can all approve of. 10% off on drdrew.com. Check it out. The Swamp Patrol is the Swamp Patrol, the best podcast about health and fitness. Vinny Torda Rich is back today. He's filling in for Dr. Drew, talking to teens who are having anal and not taking care of their kids. And our guest is Steve Tim, and he is super buff, and he trains celebrities and Olympians, so he knows what he's talking about. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. I'm on fire. It's really my only talent in life is making but it's songs a good on the fly. talent. That that's the crazy part. And by the way, before we go on, yes, Vinny, is it just me or does uh, Susan Pinsky sound a little bit like Suzanne Plachette right now? <laughs> I'm getting a little turned uh, on all I, of a sudden. Yeah, yeah I've got that sexy. Plus- she has laryngitis, yeah. and she says, uh, "I'm going to make sure I don't talk on the podcast." <laughs> and today. then she's talking. And I thought to myself, "No, no, no, please." <laughs> For the sake of our male listeners and our lesbian listeners, talk talk all you want all right. because it's very hot. Okay, darling. Our guest today, well, first I have to say, uh, filling in for Dr. Drew, and it was uh, it's very, very nice of him to do so, driving all the way out here to uh, the palatial Pinsky estate in Pasadena, is Vinny Tortorich. Uh, Dr. Drew is doing some teen mom stuff, um, which is unexplainable. I, I don't understand why he subjects himself to the hate. Of the I teen don't mom see crew. how he does what he does on just on a daily basis. You know, just <clears throat> the whole addiction thing yeah. is 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 difficult, right? On a good day, it's difficult, but it's rewarding. Yeah. I think. I mean, I could see that. I I, I can. Speak it, it is rewarding, but how do you how do you keep your head together day in and day out just doing that? Because I think because he he truly believes in it, and he thinks that he. Um, unlike most physicians, has a real understanding about the disease of addiction. What I don't understand is why he would subject himself to the world of Teen Mom. Because I know MTV doesn't pay that well. So if he he was like, oh, well, they they give me a million dollars every time I do it, I'd be like, Drew, I totally get it. But you introduce yourself into the world of Teen Mom, all you have is a bunch of people telling you to fuck off. And like, why did you not do this? Why didn't you say this to this broad? And I'm like, poor Drew has to be beaten up all the time on Twitter because he, he sits in front of those poor teen moms and then a, a bunch of another bunch of ladies who don't deserve all the hate that they get. They're just, you know, like a mother, another million other chicks who had babies in, in their teenage years. And it's like the last thing they need is a bunch of other people piling on, <laughs> but they get it. Anyway, it's true. so Drew's doing his teen mom stuff. And I, I told Drew, uh, I, I told Serena, not Drew, I said, you know, she was looking at some of my social media. She goes, so many these vegans hate you. And I yes. Said, yeah. And I said, here's what you do. Whenever you see bad stuff written about me, just go over to Drew's profile. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then you'll feel better about yourself. <laughs> and I don't know how because uh, most people who actually do know me are mean to me and hate me. But I, I'm re- people are really nice to me online. I get, I'm very, I have a delightful following. 
Me too, for the most part. I don't understand part, how I that, you, escaped. You know, because you do that thing. You're you're a likable guy. Well, thank you. You know, when, yeah, but so are you. Drew's not. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, Drew's I tell like people to eat meat. So when you tell someone to eat meat, you're going to yeah, have Peter coming after you on a daily basis. Yes. Yeah. Enough about hate. Let's talk about nice stuff. And let me tell you, something that's very nice, something that's very sweet, is a man who trains at a tighter U. He, Frank, he doesn't train there. He owns the place. A tighter U in Culver City, California. A place that I have worked out many a times. A place that my wife works out pretty frequently. It is a tighter U in Culver City, California. He is the man behind ZimFit at ZimFit.com. Steve Zim, everyone. Yeah. 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 And, and by the way, not to be confused with a looser U, which is a whorehouse right down the street. <laughs> and uh, that, it also does well. <laughs> I, I would imagine a looser yeah. U is, a, is, a, is frequented well. It's, a, it's in uh, Hawthorne. I, I can't say if I've ever actually been there or not, but... Um, a looser U? A looser U. I know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure you've never been to a tighter U because you've got your plenty of places to train on your own, but I'm sure you've made your way into a looser U to just let loose the Tortorich <laughs> jizz fountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I left all that DNA there. What's just up, Steve? Right hey, how are you? Uh, I'm glad, uh, A, you're here, and B, that we're wearing the same shoes, which is hilarious, insane. It'd be one thing if we were wearing white Converse, because that's a pretty common shoe. But we're wearing like a very unique special edition Converse. Only out of Japan, actually. Yes. Yeah. But we're very fashionable men. Um, <laughs> I, you have, I mean, there's so much I could talk to you about with health and fitness, and I've had you on podcasts and on shows before. But one of the th- most interesting things I think about you is because, to me, anybody can train someone if they have a little bit of knowledge and get them to look better. You're training professional athletes and Olympians, and training for performance is something that takes a real heavy, heavy understanding. How do you separate the two? What are, what are some of the main factors, in a broad sense, that would you know, separate when you're training an Olympic athlete or a professional baseball player as opposed to just you know, getting my wife to have a better ass? Well, it, it is a big difference because um, – when you're training a Olympic athlete, it's all about performance. Right. It doesn't matter if, like, for example, a lot of people don't realize, like a baseball player, I can get these guys down to 4% body fat. That's not going to be any good for them during a game because over the course of nine innings, they need to draw from something. Yeah. And when they're that low in body fat, their body won't perform as well. You need a certain amount. So, But when you're getting ready for a superhero role in a movie – it doesn't matter if you can do something 20 times or 10 times. You just need to look good for that minute. Or your libido's in the tank or yeah. that you feel like shit. It doesn't matter. Just that be lean matter. and look awesome. Yeah, so it's, it's two different things. And, uh, and the exercises are different and the goals are different. There are things that I do with athletes. People come, oh, I'm not going to do that. I go, no, you're not going to do that <laughs> because you're not playing a sport. You're not, you know, that's not what we're looking for. We're just looking to get you healthier or we're looking to get you better uh, looking for whatever you're going for. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, there's a big difference in terms of, uh, like, for example, I just uh, trained Adam Rippon for the Olympics. Right. And, um, during uh, our training, uh, at the beginning for the Olympic trials, he comes in and he was not nearly as strong as he needed to be to make the rotations tight. So his rotations were good, but not good enough to make the Olympic team. And for those that are not familiar, a figure skater, right? Yeah, yeah. figure skater. That's a, a, a wildly athletic endeavor. I mean, it's, it's easy to poke fun because of the outfits and stuff, but that's... 
an oh my incredibly God. demanding sport. It, it, you go and do what uh, do the long program, which is four and a half minutes long. It's basically climbing a mountain at full speed for four and a half minutes. Right, it's a sprint. It's sprint all the way up. And you have to then maintain a straight line, not go right, not go left. It, there's so much that gets involved, and your heart rate's through the roof, and you have to maintain your, your core strength the entire time, but also use different limbs. Like, there's, there's the jumping leg, there's a the landing leg. And what people don't realize when I do all their measurements, I look at their right leg, let's say that's their jumping leg, it's two, three inches bigger than their landing leg. So when you have an imbalance like that, when they jump in the air, they're not straight. So I spend a lot of time evening off the right to the left, make sure everything is symmetrical. And when it's symmetrical, number one, they look 10 times better. Number two, they can also maintain a completely straight form. And then the Gs it takes, when they jump, you don't realize, but they have to pull their legs and their feet in, and then they have to pull their arms into their body really, really tight. And when you're spinning at such a high rate of speed, to pull in and hold like that is incredibly hard to do and not drop out. And that's why a lot of times you'll see them fall out of a jump is they couldn't pull in quick enough. Their arms couldn't pull in and hold it. So these are all the little things, and they have to stay lean. So when you're looking at a figure skater versus a football player, these guys have to stay incredibly lean. So we got to keep them lean and strong. So there's, you know, there's all these different techniques that I use. And is it, uh, are we looking to do something for four minutes, for 20 minutes? You got to look like a tennis player. What are they doing? And, and so what I do is I look at a sport and I figure Even out. Even the difference between a pitcher and a field player. I oh, imagine, yeah. Like just within the same sport. You know, it's good. Starter and reliever. Yeah. How many innings are they going? What are we looking to do? And timing's everything. When we have boxers come in, how many rounds is the fight? How many minutes do we have to get them ready for? And so I always try to go, like for a figure skater, the four-and-a-half-minute long program, I get them ready for five minutes, 30 seconds longer, so that four-and-a-half minutes, they don't look like they're about to die. Right. And so, it's, so I plan an extra 30 seconds. With a fighter, I plan for 13 rounds. With, you know, with a football player, how many seconds is he on the field? With a baseball player, how many seconds is the play? Like if you hit an inside-the-park homer, it shouldn't take you more than 15 seconds to get around the bases. So we plan on short moves. That's the longest you're going to see anybody run is 15 seconds. So everything's 90 feet or 180 feet. That's it. So everything sprints. There's no reason not to do sprints. A baseball player, every like abs, they all come in and they want to do crunches, straight up crunches. Nothing in baseball is straight up. It's all rotational. It's all rotational. It's a waste of a, a movement for them. Everything's right, left, left, right. So, you know, you got to figure out, are they a lefty or the righty? Are they a switch hitter? And then you got to make sure, once again, the right side's balanced with the left side. A lot of times, these guys come in with chronic back problems. They don't have chronic back problems. They have chronic imbalance problems. Vinny has that same problem just from dick meat. It's yeah, it's, so much. it's rough because I can't get my ass big enough to keep right. up with my cock. The it's imbalance just, from that horrible. thick, that thick Italian boots. Yeah, I need to just, keep that pile driving ass going. Yep. Just to, you know, just keep it going in the right direction. Thousand kettlebell swings a day just to be able to balance. Just out the to dick. wake up, just to get out of bed. You understand, Tim? Steve, I, I have a question. You and I, I was reading your resume that. Susan Pensky just took away from me, but <laughs> basically you could literally take your resume, take Steve Zim out, put my name in. It's the same resume. You, right. You've written books. You've, uh, uh, you, uh, what else? Re- re- read a couple of those things. That he's written books. Steve he- Zim, fitness trainer to the stars, and that is true. He trains 
Right. A-listers. A trainer, author, fitness expert, and owner of one of the most successful personal training gyms in the country. His methods and concepts for training have given him national recognition and acclaim. Steve is known as a fitness expert not only to Los Angeles locals, but also to a national audience. For the past 20 years, he has personally trained Hollywood actors, Olympic athletes, and professional athletes as well. Thousands of satisfied customers, myself and Bianca Kylick. And by the way, when, when I read that right before he came in, yes. I went, oh my, it looks like my, you changed a few years here. I've never owned a gym, never wanted to. But everything else looks the same. And I said this thing I, I always say. I go, every, and Steve, I know this has happened to you in L.A. People have walked up to you and said, oh, you're a trainer? Do you know this guy, John? He's a trainer. <laughs> Yet, right. I've always said that tra- nobody, we don't have an association, a group, nothing, nothing. right? Yeah. We don't know each other. And I went, great, this guy's been in town 20 years. I've been here for 27 years. I don't know this guy. How do I not know this guy? He walks in. It might be the only trainer. I recognized you from your face yeah. because for five minutes, about 20 years ago, we were in the same gym. And I'm, I know that guy. I've seen that guy before. But the question I want to get to, Steve, is, and I wrote this in my book, Fitness Confidential, uh, I said trainers are like astronauts. Early on in the astronaut program, you just have to get any kind of nut job to get on top of a can of explosives, and we shot them into outer space. They didn't have to do anything. We shot them up there. They came back down. Now, you know, astronauts have to go up there. We have to meet with the Russians in space. We have to do all this stuff. We have to fix the PR. You have to be an engineer. You have to do do everything. The same thing with trainers, right? 20, 25 years ago when you first started, you just had to teach someone how to be lean. Now you have athletes. You have have skaters. A, A skater and a baseball player, two different things. I'm sure you have moms who want to be in triathlons, and you have actors who just want to have abs or a size zero for the next movie. What does that take in your mind to get there as a trainer? Well, it, it takes a lot of commitment. You have to – a whole thing, like when they come in, this is what, what happens. Somebody calls me up and we go, okay, what are we looking to do? So uh, I have to get uh, cut up for this movie role. Okay. So a lot of times with me, I end up talking to the director. He'll call me and tell me exactly what he's looking for. Is it superhero or is it more athletic? And so we determine how far we go. Like, for example, I just trained Michael Keaton for um, American Assassin. And he's in his 60s. And the idea was to get him in shape so he looks like the captain, but a veteran. Right. He runs things. And there was a young kid there. But wildly, it's not to interrupt, yeah. but wildly, sorry, wildly different than training guy who's an active uh, assassin in his thirties, right? Or you know, or like you know, someone who comes in who's already that's a whole different nut to crack as well. I mean, when you have someone who's already actively so muscular, well, it, it, there's different things. I mean, Michael Keaton that that was a really interesting thing because when we started, you know, he didn't realize how muscular he was starting to get. Right. And so we had to then make sure he wasn't getting more ripped than the 20-year-old guy. Yeah. Which was a really interesting thing because we had to tone it down a little bit. And so he had to look muscular, like he could take him but not be the young guy. Right. Which we could have pushed it and then the movie would have been imbalanced. So you have to take it to a certain level and then hold. And, by the way, something that we were starting to see in film where there is realism. In the 80s, Rambo was supposed to be living in the jungle by himself for like 20 right, years since yeah, Vietnam. Right. And, all, and he's jacked in tan yeah. veins in his neck. 
It's impossible. Okay, Schwarzenegger and Commando. I watched Commando the other day. He's like, ah, I'm retired. I live here in the woods by myself. I'm a man of, uh, I'm a lumberjack. Shredded. Four percent body fat, two hundred forty pounds. But you know, you're starting to see this realism where, like, a guy like Michael Keaton, he looks like a guy who stays in shape for a sixty year old who used to be in the military. Yeah. And but how much of that is? And I, I mean, I'm Vinny. I'd love to get your your take on this as well. I'm sure it's very easy to get someone who's committed and someone as as disciplined as Michael Keaton to be as talented and, and to have a career that he has. He obviously understands hard work. To get him to train is one thing. How much of that is diet, and oh. how much over how much do you oversee that? Well, I, I oversee the diet a lot, um, but I look at it this way: weight training is number one, nutrition is number two, right behind it. Right underneath it, and cardio's down here at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Number three, I think of cardio as like a turbo boost for burning calories. We need it, but if you base your workouts on the cardio, you're going to crash. Yeah. Because what happens is you can come down and you can lose weight and you can look good for a few minutes, but then you're going to put the weight back on because what happens a lot of times when you base your workouts on cardio like you do, like you see all these makeover shows, they base it on tons of cardio, tons of cardio. They're losing a lot of muscle. Muscle is your engine for burning calories. Muscle is the number one most important thing. The more muscle somebody has, the more calories it costs to keep that maintained. Just to exist. Just to exist. So the idea is lean muscle, not You don't have to look huge, but you want to put more muscle fiber into the same area. If you have an area with 10 muscle fibers, we want 50 muscle fibers in the same. So you don't have to be huge. But the whole thing is you want to feed the muscle, burn the fat. So um, when it comes to working out, we build the muscle. Then we want to make sure we're feeding it, but we do not want to feed the fat. So a big thing, you know, no sugar. Anybody that tells you, ah, a little here, a little there, it really isn't a little. It spikes your insulin. Then you just got a boner. Yeah. You know, and so you really want to keep your sugar and your carbs in check. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's, it's really important that we don't over overeat, number one. And number two, you, you don't want to eat all day long. You know, people are eating. They're, they're always eating this and eating that and eating this. You know. Have your meals, call it a day, you know, don't, and, and drink a lot of water, and then your cardio. Your cardio, you shouldn't be doing two hours of cardio. If you're doing, depending on how lean you want to get, 30 minutes, 45 minutes tops. And I don't believe in just going out for a straight jog. I like intermittent jogging where you walk, run, walk, run. Every minute, you're sprinting. A little interval action. Interval action the whole time because you want your heart rate to go up and then drop, go up and drop. And so when you put those three pieces together, you've got the weights, you've got the nutrition, you've got the cardio. All three together work. How, Vinny, I'd love your take on this uh, as well. And, and Zim, you, you touched on it. Is that one of the biggest kind of falsehoods that you've seen pushed on people for the last couple of years the which idea, one because the idea you said of, a lot of different things a, the idea of eating all day like the the small meals frequently yeah throughout it, the day. That, that was all started by um literally weight watchers started that because what happens is when you have people living on calories calorie in calorie out um you you're hungry all the time you're always starving for food and you're also hungry because on calorie in, calorie out, they tell you not to eat fat. Right. So you're eating more carbohydrates. So the satiety is very Right. Low, so yeah. now you have hormones dictating that you're constantly hungry. You have ghrelin and leptin 
just gnawing away at you. So that's a problem. Um, so the way uh, the calorie in, calorie out group got people to take care of that problem is, well, just graze all day, right, Steve? Instead of eating three meals a day, eat in between meals. So that becomes six meals a day. Yeah. So that becomes a problem. And, and our system, you know, we aren't cows. Cows have four stomachs. They, they can regurgitate food and, and chew their cud and just eat all day. We have one digestive tract. We're not meant to eat all day. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I agree with Steve on a lot of points. The only thing is I always say diet first, exercise second. And the only reason I say that is because if you don't have – if you cut the problem out at the beginning, then you don't have to deal with the problem at the end. So if you, if you get your hormones in line, you know, cut out some of the carbohydrates. He mentioned cutting out sugar. I say take it a step further, cut out grains, cut it all out. Yeah. Then you don't have a problem. You're not starting at a deficit. And uh, he's right about the uh, – you're very right about the, uh, um, the, the running. You know, at the end, you know, if you have to put on muscle for a roll, you have to work out. You have to stimulate the muscles. So it's very important. And, uh, you know, last but not least, you bring in, you know, the cardio. So uh, with the cardio, if you're trying to get someone just to lose weight, someone weighs 400 pounds, you want them to lose weight – Zone two aerobics is, you know, yeah. just give them 70, 79% of their aerobic capacity and you'll be fine. Well, you brought, you, Steve brought that up with, you know, yeah. you're seeing that on like the biggest loser and these transformations, but that's right. the problem. You're dealing with a, a, a client group that's 400 pounds or is, uh, is it's a whole different thing. And by the way, overweight. nothing they ever did on that show was healthy. Right. Ever. Ever. That show should have been over on season number one. It was an abomination of a show. I knew some of the doctors behind the scenes. Uh, early on, uh, they tried to get me on that show. I said no. Uh, they ended up getting people who pretended to be trainers, yeah. and that's what they went with, and uh, that's fine. But they wanted people to – they starved us. Would you agree, Steve, or where are you on that? They starved I, I never watched the show. I didn't either, uh, so, but I knew what was going on behind the scenes. But, you know, whenever I would see a clip, I would see him on a treadmill. Yeah. Whenever I saw a highlight, it was a treadmill. And what happens is that's – you see – and they were eating very low. You see, this is where if we, where I go back to foods number two is because if you looked at what they did there, they did a ton of cardio. They ate very nothing. low, yeah. nothing, and, uh, and they lifted weights somewhat. So that was my understanding of how it worked. And if you look at it, if it's food number one, where's the muscle? They were they were cannibalizing their muscle in all the cardio. Well, that's they were because doing. it was all about weight loss, and yep. and in an extreme sense, they wanted to get it done in as quick a fashion as possible. The, the camera had to see it. If you have yeah. a four hundred pound guy that, and at the end has said he lost one hundred and eighty pounds, it doesn't really matter whether or not he looks better, or if he's got metabolic damage, or if he has you know only increased his diabetic risk. It's just that he lost one hundred eighty five pounds. But I, and that's where I agree with you both. There is that. Looking at long-term metabolic health uh, is a lot more important in my eyes than to say I can get you to lose forty pounds by next month. But know? they yeah. caused more of a problem. Right. Sorry, Steve. They caused more of a problem because once the show is over with, and you leave this fairyland of losing weight, and you're back in the real world, now you you have more of a me- metabolic situation. You've taught them nothing. You've starved them to death. There's no animal on the planet that will purposely starve itself, including yeah. humans. So they're going to go back and generally go back to the old habits because that's the easiest. 
Right. Would you sure. agree, Steve? Yeah. And it's no, what's, no, no, what's no. known. It's what's comfortable. Well, that's why they have all these shows now, and they're getting sued left and right, because these people are not just back to their weight. They're bigger than they were, and they're fatter now. Right. Because if you take a 400-pound person, drop 200 pounds or 200 pounds, now when they put the 200 back on, which they will, it's going to be a fatter 200 pounds because they lost muscle, fat, and water when they came down. They put on water and fat. That's all they put back on. They didn't put on any muscle. So now their percentage is higher even. So it's, there's a, it, it's a really big – it drives me crazy because uh, these people come in, I need to lose 100 pounds. I've got to do it in the next six months. That's a lot to do in six months. And it's, you know? not, it's not the most healthy approach. Yeah, yeah you got to take it slow. You want to lose 100 pounds? It's going to take you a year and something, but you're going to own it. Yeah. You see, you always have a set point in your life, whatever your weight is. And when you create a new set point, that's really hard to move a set point. But you're just renting that. You don't own that. The longer you hold that set point, now that becomes your next set point. And then to move that, it takes time, energy, and to be able to hold it. The longer you hold the weight, the more that becomes your real weight. So the whole idea is to be able to move and hold, move and hold. And if you're consistent and persistent, you'll be able to get there, hold it, and continue growing and, and you know, being able to make get to your goal. But if you need to do it super, super fast and you're, you don't have a lot of muscle, you have a big problem. It's never going to hold. Is it hard to get females to buy into weight training i mean i i I know just from uh anecdotal experience not as a professional in the field just from girls calling talking to me they're like i want to look like fill in the blank you know girl and then i go okay we'll start training and they assume that means get on the treadmill for a half hour do an aerobics class and then do some yoga and i'll call it a day um there's this common misconception especially amongst women that weight training will only make you look like a professional bodybuilder um, is it hard to kind of break through that, that idea? Not lately. Yeah. It used to be. It used to be huge. I, I don't want to look like Arnold. Well, you're not going to. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> like, that's magically what happens. <laughs> yeah, it, it, ask I love, any high school football player. You can just wake yeah, up. Ask yeah. any guy who's trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, how, how easy that is. I put on muscle really, really quickly. Uh, but a big thing with, that, uh, with, with women is they come, uh, with everybody, but especially women, we take all their measurements because after the first few days of working out, a lot of people go, my pants are getting super tight. No, it's not that your pants are getting super tight. It's that your legs, it's the first time, they're, they're sore from working out. It's the Can't first time you probably, feel them. Yeah. yeah. And now you take a measurement, it's not bigger. It's the same. You're just waking up muscle. You're feeling your pant for yeah. the very first time because you haven't maybe worked out in X amount of months or years. So it's, but when you explain to them how the muscle burns the calories and they start to understand that, all of a sudden you go, and we're going to be able to make everything smaller. And I do a lot of these makeover videos showing this. So, um, so people who come in now actually have seen these. So they, they, you know, they know me from those. So they see what I do. So they, they trust what I'm doing. It's much easier than it was even a few years ago. Right. I have uh, some questions sent to me because I, I, I went online and I said, I'm going to be sitting with you two fine gentlemen. And uh, does anybody have any questions? I actually got a lot of good ones. And I'm going to throw them out here. This is from uh, Bob Yar. On my Instagram here, good, good, good stuff, Bob Yar. <laughs> Do you guys have any advice for a guy in the late thirties getting back into training after doing nothing for ten years? 
Now, that's a good question, as opposed to the guy who's tried, you know, trying to relatively stay active. You know, you get that all the time. Here's the deal. I tell people when you get back into it, start slow, and the first thing you should do is slow down a bit. Because everyone has that, that view that when I was in high school, I was in a wrestling team, and I did this and I right. did that. You're not that guy. In your head, you're still that guy, but you're not that guy anymore. You need to go back in slowly. If you go in too fast, you're going to strip a gear. You're going to get really sore. Uh, as Steve was just saying, these women come in and get really sore. And then, you know, it, you want them to stay in. So I always say start slow. And then the first thing you need to do is slow down and forget, you know, don't don't let, you know, as, as the movie says, don't let your brain cash checks, your, uh, right checks, your body can't cash. Right. And that seems to be the biggest problem I'll see with 30 something year olds. Would you agree, Steve? I mean, I, I, I do find that, you know, just from my own personal experience, and because I'm that guy, I mean, I was, I was in, you know, competitive in bodybuilding in my early 20s and, and on steroids. I mean, I, I have a lot of reference to draw from, from being shredded and big, and I think a lot of my time, I was like, well, I'll go into a double split six days a week. It doesn't matter. I'll be fine. Um, there's a lot bigger, I think. There's a lot bigger problem in doing too much than there is in doing too little. The well, let me ask, you, let me ask you that question since you were uh, all built up. Yeah. Did you have that fear of smallness when you started coming down, when you started losing the muscle? Absolutely. I had, I had, a, I had, a, I had a double whammy of fear of smallness pl- coupled with the fear of fatness. Wow. It's like not only am I going to lose muscle, but I'm going to be fat. And every even, – even the most incremental uh, blur to my abs was like I, I had become – John the Candy. fattest guy, I was John yeah. Candy. Yeah, so yeah. It was it was this weird thing where I was playing this uh, horrible battle with the mirror and the scale at the same time, and it you know it, it took a while to and a lot of therapy to kind of get to the point where I was like, I'm I'm happy just being a healthy dude. See, I, I didn't do the therapy when I got out of college football. I weighed two thirty five. Holy mackerel! And my waist wasn't much bigger than it is right now. Right. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking around going, I don't need all this muscle. I don't need all this girth. My, my legs are 33, 34 each. You only kept the girth in the pants. It's yeah. The only place you kept it. You keep you know? bringing that up, Mike. I'm starting to worry about you. You are married. Steve, man, right? it's a really impressive hog. Yeah, you got to see it to believe it. It's a, it's a tremendous dog. Um, but, you know, yeah, I guess you, you dealt with it as well. You know? Yeah, yeah, you do. That's why I asked because I didn't mind getting smaller and smaller because I started getting on a bicycle and started yeah. doing that and did some velodrome stuff and then got into other cycling and. But at first, people would you know say why? to you, go Because you were an athlete. I was in bodybuilding. It's right, a, 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 right. A, and when the endeavor is all based around how you look, which is what bodybuilding is about, um, there's something natural. And some people handle it better than others, but there's something inherently unhealthy when everything is based around the appearance. If you're a fo- college football player, if you're a, 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 a cyclist, if you're a fighter, there's something there as a, where right. performance is the baseline. And there, to me, uh, tends to be a lot, a lot health, a lot more health worked into that than just something of constantly. Well, you're you're, you're, the, the only problem I'm, I'm trying to go back to that moment. The only problem I had was I remember I couldn't afford clothes because I was in college. Yes, and all of a sudden my shirts were getting looser, and people would say. Are you okay? You, yeah. you don't look good. You, you don't look. It's like I don't look good. Well, what are you talking about? It's because my shirts were floating on me and my right. pants were falling off because I couldn't afford to go out and buy any others. Right? And I started going to thrift stores to find smaller Levi's and that kind of thing, and it, they never fit right. They were either too short or too long. How do you get laid in college, even with my hog, with the wrong right. size Levi's yes. on? Right. So 
that became the issue of I don't look right anymore, right? That became a problem. Do you deal with that, Steve? I mean, as far as I would imagine with clients, I mean, you, you trained the, probably the top of the heap when it comes to body transformation is Christian Bale. And you're a guy who has experience training the man who went from a Holocaust survivor and the machinist to Batman to Dick Cheney. <laughs> you know, like just a giant fat pile of shit. Um, it, 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 how do you uh, – and, uh, you know, the final question before we wrap things up. As a personal trainer, as someone who people invest in, they, they, and not only financially, they invest – put a lot of trust in you. How do you handle the, the, the therapeutic aspect, the, the emotional aspect that comes along with your body changing? Well, it, it depends. When you're dealing with certain people, they can block out what's going on. You know, they come in and they're doing it for a role. Right. You know, so they know in the higher level actor you're dealing with, the more is role to role. They will do whatever it needs to get the look they need for that role, be it gain 50 pounds, be it drop 50 pounds. And it's a game on thing. The switch just goes on. It's not emotional to them. It's different than a bodybuilder that that's their life. It's their life for this movie. And then they move on. Like, you know, it's funny. I don't actually train The Rock. He comes into the gym. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's funny. It takes funny. up a lot of space. It takes up a lot of space. He, he has a whole program on his own. And when you watch him, he comes in and he does his stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of fascinating because he comes in. He's there for anywhere when he was coming in, like, either 45 minutes, an hour, boom, 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 out he goes. He's getting ready for whatever he's doing. When it, whoever, he has eleven jobs, that's why yeah, he's like Doctor yeah, Drew with a tan. Yeah, you know it's 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 very so being around it all the time. It's you're doing it for whatever. It's not emotional, right. and that's that's the difference. When it's you, it's me, it's him. It's emotional. It's it's what we make our livelihood from. What we make us feel good and all that. For them, their body is more like a vessel for. Whatever it is they're um, they're getting ready for, and I so. want to capitalize on what Steve is saying. He's absolutely right. People always think celebrities are like the Kardashians, where they they're rolling around in Rolls Royces and they're buying sunglasses and clothes and the whole thing and just walking around. Yes, the the real celebrities, not the Kardashians, the the, the actors, the, the people, people who do stuff. They're Type A personalities. Right. That's how they made it. Think of all the people who come to this town every day that want to be famous. These are the A-plus of the A-plus. They actually made it. They will stop for no reason whatsoever. And you tell them to gain 20 pounds, they'll gain 20 pounds. You tell mm-hmm. them to get fat for a roll, they will get fat for a They don't even think about it. They just, yeah. they just do it. Right. And it's exactly. done. All right, gentlemen. Honestly, it's been, a, it's been a real pleasure. And you guys both kicked tremendous ass. A tighter U. And that's A tighter with the letter U. Located in Culver City. I can't recommend this place enough if you're in Southern California. It is a, a, a boutique gym that has everything you could possibly want with a great, great environment. And, and Steve, is uh, you're just a good dude, man. And you're someone that I like putting money in your pocket. I like supporting you. Uh, the book, uh, ZimFit, the ZimFit program, uh, where can people find out about it? And- well, uh, I actually have a new book coming out, a nutrition nice. book that will be out in the next few weeks. If you go to atighteru.com, so A-T-I-G-H-T-E-R-U, that's the letter U.com, you can sign up there and we'll send out an email when the book is ready to go. Pre-order action. Yeah. Okay. And that is, again, A-Titer and the letter U. 
Uh, com And, of course, uh, Fitness Confidential, everything else, at Vinny Tortorich. Yeah, just go there. Okay. This is Steve's show. This are you done, Mike? I'm done. <clears throat> you are? Yes. So short. I'm sorry. Don't you have some more questions? Well, I thought we were going to wrap things up. No, I'm we just have to take a little break. Okay. Sorry. Jeez, Louise. Did sorry. She, did she do this? Yeah. No, I went like that. <laughs> That's why I like sitting in Drew's position because you can't see what Susan's doing. <laughs> Whenever I'm sitting in Steve's position, Susan's doing all this yes. stuff, and I'm like, well, I'm afraid to speak. So, all right, we'll take but a little I, break. I we'll think we might have some questions. Yeah, we do. We have uh, we have a good amount, actually. We'll be back. I want to welcome True Niogen to the show. True Niogen is a dietary supplement designed to boost a key cellular resource called NAD, also called nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. A lot of research being done on NAD, and while the science is still preliminary, I've been watching these studies for a while, and I've been really impressed. It's so exciting because these studies are showing that the increased NAD levels may potentially help with cellular metabolism, regulating circadian rhythm, and they've even hoped that this may someday slow the effects of aging. Now, while these studies are very early, the science is impressive, and the biohacking community has gotten behind this research. I've been intrigued by the possibilities surrounding NAD and the research behind True Niogen. Check it out. The research is there. The literature is quite good. Check out the website for yourself. And I even had the chance before I brought these guys on board to speak with the company's chief scientific advisor. In fact, I put myself on True Niagen after speaking to Dr. Charles Brenner. Great discussion. Piqued my interest further. I'm still watching this literature. Look for that interview on the Dr. True podcast in June. Now, to learn more about the research, science, and the True Niagen supplements, visit TrueNiagen.com. That is T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N, TrueNiagen.com. Go there today. But as soon as he does, as soon as poor Drew does Teen Mom, it's like a spike in the hate. Yeah. And I go, <laughs> "Why does he? Do it? It's because he loves doing it's it. It's because he loves me. And I, you know, I, I, and I think not to kiss Drew's ass because I know we're filming and I hate doing that. And I hate uh, talking. Are we filming? I hate talking. You're uh, filming where? Facebook. I hate talking uh, positively. <laughs> Did I say anything that I should have said? No, you just talked uh, positively about your gigantic dick. <laughs> And it's tiny. It's a macro, micro, what is it? Oh, micro phallus. Hey, yes. enough it's with Hollywood. the jokes. We're building up a, enough with the a jokes. brand for you. There's someone in the room with an actual micro penis, and I don't appreciate <laughs> Are you. Really? I is that, is that why you put all the muscle on and all that? I have that? a very small penis. Come on. I do. Pull it out. We Let's gotta have see a it. contest. No, 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 please don't pull it out. <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> um... One man who doesn't have to worry about penis size. He's left uh, a trail of corpses all through Boston at his time at Boston College. Is Steve Zim. Uh, I, I, uh, Vinny Tortorich here, Steve Zim here. I was initially saying goodbye to everybody, but it turns out we have a little bit more time, which is fantastic because we got questions. And I actually, I got – I was a little bit wary of doing this, of going on uh, Instagram and, and saying, hey, does anybody have any questions? Because I thought I'd get a bunch of shitty ones. But I got some good ones. I, got, I really did. And here's another one. Uh, let's go to where's Morrow? Mar- Where'd that guy go? Oh, anyway, he was asking. I've been wanting to strengthen my core, uh, as a lot of people do, but I've been having lower back issues. What uh, can both of you guys recommend? Because that, I think that's a good question. I think, you know, I'm in pretty damn good shape, and sometimes I deal with uh, traditional kind of ab and lower back exercises giving me a little bit of uh, a pinch in my in my lumbar area. So what are what are your guys' recommendations as far as uh, strengthening and... and uh, Want to go first, Steve? No, up to you. I'll go. Uh, you know, PNF, proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation. If you have a bad lower back... You need to get that loose before you can you can move your body forward. Okay, right. <clears throat> so, 
You can do that by doing easy things, just bending over at the waist, just getting your muscles, you know, just engaging your, your I, hate, I hate saying engaging your core, I sound like an aerobic. No, it teacher. sounds so cheesy, I agree. Right, but just whenever you flex any muscle, so in other words, whenever, uh, I'll do it for, for the camera, so yes. whenever you flex a bicep, right, the bicep has to shorten, which means the Right, the tricep right. has to extend, right? Okay. Proprioceptive neuromuscular facil- facilitation. We do it all throughout our body. So always warm up. It's all about the warm up, you know, just move the core. Even, even if you just sit there and do almost like a Kegel movement on your rectus abdominis, by definition, your brain sends a message to start loosening the muscles in the back. Now, if he has some kind of compressed disc or whatever, we don't know what this guy has, right? right? So that could be another whole problem. Where, you know, then none of this applies if that's the problem, right? But if it's just a tight back and you, you have a problem with that, you just have to get the front moving to get the back to loosen. And you just work it like that every time. Don't think you're ever cured. If you have a problem, it's going to always be there. You always have to warm up to get to it. Gotcha. Yeah, what, what I find a lot of times is guys will do, uh, guys and girls will do sit-ups where they're laying on their back, feet are flat, and they try to sit up. They're doing like that old 1970s sit-up. Right. And what they don't realize, if they happen to have a booty, their back is going to get involved. Their lower back is very tired. Their butt goes down, and it puts a lot of pressure in the <clears> lower back. So you got to make sure that if you're finding that your lower back hurts, put your feet up and keep your back flat, and then breathe out and pull the abdominal muscles in before you actually do a crunch. Too many people start moving, they hold their breath. If you hold your breath, it goes in two places, out, forward, so you're pushing your abs out, and you feel the pressure in your back. So you got to make sure you're breathing correctly. And for me, not just for for looks, but also for doing a sit-up correctly, always I breathe out first, I pull my abdominal wall in and then I do my so movement. So that meaning just give like a visual of pulling the belly button towards the back of the spine. Yes. Okay. And breathe out and then do your movement. Then breathe in on the return. So this way we're locking the abs in, we're shortening them, we're locking everything up and then we're doing the move. Because if you try to hold, if you're holding your breath or anything like that, then you are susceptible to pain in your back, pain, you know. And you also you out. end up strengthening your hip flexors more yeah. so than you're actually getting And there. I think, Steve, he, that's exactly right, and I'm sure he will agree. Whenever you start getting tired and you're getting ready to do the one where you kind of flip yourself up, where you go, and, and do that, that kind of yeah. movement, you're done. You're right. done on that rep. That's when you're going to start co- causing more torque yeah. on your back, and you're done. I would like to add yeah. and, and uh, get your guys' feel on this, though. I, I think so often – in an attempt to get six-pack abs, people, oh, they constantly, constantly do high-volume training of the abdominals. They, they and watch, they, speaking yeah. of Stallone, they watch Rocky 1, right. and the guy's hanging upside down from rafters. Completely ignoring work. the When was the last the time, Steve, you had someone hang upside down from a rafter in your gym <laughs> to, to get the ab workout yeah, in? Right. You yeah. know, it just doesn't work that it, way. It looks great. It looks, looks great. Cool. Yeah. But, but also, they, they completely ignore the erectors, and I think for just for longevity, for health, and for balancing that, it, it, it can be really beneficial to train the lower back. Yeah. So I'll throw that out there. Um, here's another good question, and this comes from Hot Se- – I'm not kidding. Uh, let's see. Her her name is Hot Blonde Girl 6301. Is sex good at burning calories, and would you like to burn some? You want to go first, Steve? <laughs> I got to let that one go. All right. <laughs> I, I, I want to answer that one. Yes. First off – Back when, when all those years when I was on a bicycle, you get to read every license plate ever, right? Yes. 
If the license plate said sexy blonde, I guarantee you she wasn't sexy and she may or may not have been blonde. <laughs> it's, it's never as she, advertised, She sent one. pictures and, and um, I'm almost positive it's a man because okay. these, these look like she picked them from some, you know, I'm hot fitness model uh, website. So wait, hang yeah. on. I want to finish this question because yes. back in New Orleans when I had my first show, Talking Fitness on WSMB – I used to get this question, and people thought it was a funny question to ask on radio, right? Yes. And I would say, yeah, you know, sex. You want to burn 100 calories an hour? Have sex. Here's the thing. No one has sex for more than 45 seconds. And if you think you're killing it, time yourself. Right. And you will see that you're not having sex for as long as you think you're having sex, number one. Number two, how many calories do you think you burned in that 45 seconds? Not many. Right. But you lost. I I usually lose at least three ounces of, of weight from just from jizz, <laughs> just oh, from excretion. In that case, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> uh, the, by the way, that was Mari Blue twenty five. The uh, the core question. That was a good question. Yeah, I, it was I, very good. Um, last one I got, and I think that uh, another good one because so many people want to lose weight quickly, but this guy seems to have the motives in the right place. In an attempt to get my brother off his ass, who's wildly overweight, I challenged him to a weight loss. But but, but for body overall body fat percentage, um, our our challenge is up in uh, six months, and it ends in July. I've been working out five days a week. Is there anything else I can do to up my game when it comes to overall weight loss when we're dealing with body fat? I, I don't know his game exactly. Right. I mean, let's. <laughs> yeah. uh, he just uh, said that he's working out yeah. five days a week. That doesn't. I don't. I, I don't know, know what enough, that means anymore. Because I, uh, you know, the first I, thing I would say is when people are talking about oh, weight loss, is that I, if you haven't already dropped your carbs, do it. I'm not always like I know Vinny's a big believer in no grains, no sugar, and I, I support that fully. Um, but for certain issues, especially when someone's training super hard, I always like well, if you've earned the carbs, you know they can be there. But if you're just going for weight loss. Really drop them out because on top of whatever caloric deficit you get from taking out the carbs, you're going to get the benefit of the satiety of the fat and the protein. Sure. But also, uh, the last part of the word carbohydrate is hydrate. And you get a, a you get that ended added boost of of the water weight that comes off. I, you know, when I drop my carbs significantly, I get that added push. Sometimes I can get like three or four pounds, boom, you know, just like that and you know, in a couple of days. Um, so that would be one – you know, added benefit, you know, to me. There's another side to that I've always hated, and I'm sure Steve has run into this in Hollywood too. I've trained a lot of execs, yeah. right? Uh, and they'll all get together. Each guy will put up $10,000. There'll be 10 of them. Yeah. And they do the weight loss competition, winner takes all, that sort of deal. And then they'll call you and go, okay, here's another 10 grand. Get me in shape really fast. And it's always a fool's game because you're doing all kinds of unhealthy things and you're not learning. It's almost like the biggest loser for rich people. They're not learning anything. You're not teaching them anything. And in my case, it was taking 10 grand for not teaching anyone anything other than to have them win 100 grand. Right. Right. So it's a zero-sum game. If you have a competition with – people do it at work. People do it brother and brother and the whole thing. Make sure, if nothing else, that you learn something along the way. And that's what I wrote about in my book. I, I talked about um, the first chapter. I talk, uh, I, I talk about an actress that uh, Galen Morey had me go, and Disney had this new act. It was Margaret Cho, as it yeah. turns out. And it was 1992, and I took 60 pounds off of her for the Margaret Cho show. right? And 
at the end of the book, I go back to that and say, you know what? I felt like a hero at the time, but I was really a zero because I didn't teach Margaret anything. She, right. Look at her now. She's gained all the way back. She's always been fat after that. And she didn't learn anything. I didn't teach her anything. And that's when I changed my game in 1992. It's not about just making people lose a lot of weight for five minutes. Habit form. Right. And I, I know Steve goes through yeah. that problem too all the time because sure. people, yeah. I, I need to be this for the movie. And then they go right back. And it's always important for the trainer to teach the person something along the way. Do you agree, Steve? It, it, like on top of on top of just getting the the results, habit forming, right? Is well, it- yeah, because it goes back to that thing I said earlier. You only lease it. When you get to a certain point, if you didn't learn how to do this, and if you didn't put the muscle on, learn how to eat properly, and enjoy how you're eating, and not just do it to get to a certain point, not only are you going to put that fat back on, it's gonna, you're going to be fatter. Yeah. You're going to be more unhappy. And that's, you know, the whole thing is to get you feeling good about yourself. You win the 10,000, you don't win the 10,000. Who cares at the end of the day if you're healthier and you live another 10, 15 years more than the rest of those guys that you did this challenge with? I mean, the whole thing is to really educate yourself when you're doing this so that you own it. And, you know, I always say, you go back, you teach the people, you know, a guy goes, I want to work out chest every day. You can't work out chest every day. Do you understand we don't make any muscle in the gym? All we do is tear muscle in the gym. The better I tear it, then you repair it. And then the whole idea is you repair the muscle over the next 24 to 48 hours. Then you can hit it again. So if you hit chest on Monday, the earliest potentially you could do it as Wednesday. I'd rather have Thursday or Friday because that's where the muscle is being built. The moment you stop working out is when muscle is being built. And so, I, you know, I try to teach people how to eat properly, to set up before the workout, to eat properly, to set up after the workout. So this way it becomes part of their day. They, you know, they know when they're eating, what they're eating. They know when they're exercising. Uh, do they exercise, like eat breakfast and then go exercise? Or do they uh, exercise without eating breakfast and then eat breakfast after? These are all questions they have to figure out what works best for them. For me, I don't like to eat anything. I'd rather go work out because you're in levels are low, your body's ready to burn fat. If you eat within two hours of working out, your insulin levels are high. When your insulin levels are elevated, your body will not use fat for energy, period, end of story. That's, which is great if you're a linebacker. Right. Or, it all depends a, what you're trying you know, to do. LeBron James, which is yeah. terrible. It, it, you know, leads me to my next question. I'm glad you brought that up. And I w- I, I'm curious to hear both of you uh, weigh in on this. Because of the internet, which is this amazing tool, and it's this wealth of information. Right. Oftentimes great information. Oftentimes shit information. Because people are coming in now probably in a different way than in 1993 when they're coming in with an open mind saying, look, you're the professional. I'll do what you say. Now people oftentimes are coming in saying, well, I read on piecesofshit.com. That I should have, uh, you know, a bowl of oatmeal before I come in to train, or that bro I'm, science is bigger than real bro science. Bro science, yeah. it, are you are you finding a lot more of your uh, a lot more um, hard headed clients coming in to to train with you that are know it alls? More people know more stuff. I don't know if they're that hard headed. Yeah. I, I don't find that that much, but they do know more. A lot more because there there is more to read. There's more. They see things and they go, "Well, what's this?" And then, but. I can also explain it well, and they trust me. So then this way, then when I show them, it's, it's all about first time you come in, if you work out and you don't feel something different when you work out with me, then 
I'm not, you're not going to pay too much attention. So my job is to make you feel it. By the end of the week, you start seeing something. By the end of two weeks, people are seeing stuff. They're like, hey, wow, you're, what are you doing? When they see results, that's where they get more into what we're doing and they're, they're more open-minded to whatever I have to say in terms of what direction we're going in. Yeah. But if you don't see a result, they always come in with 50 zillion things. That's why my job is to get result and then it's my way. Yeah, but if I don't get the result, it wouldn't be my way. Vinny, you think it's uh, the bro science causing the problem? Yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, everything gets conflated, and uh, now we're learning more and more that even uh, the scientific studies that we've followed for years, you know, um, uh, they 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 allow the um, the abstracts of those things to come out the way they wanted them to come out, and all of that is online. Everything is online, and you could go down any rabbit hole you want to go down and you can make something look the way you want it right. to look. I, if you said, okay, let, Vinny, we're going to put you on a podium right here and we want you to argue pro-veganism, I can do a better pro-vegan argument than a vegan because I've been looking at that for 37 years. There's studies years. to support any narrative. Uh, yeah, really I, yeah, I can, yeah, I can. And then you say, okay, now we want you to switch over and, and you know, pro-animal, you know, consuming animals. Right. And I can give you just as convincing an argument about that, right? But then there's a universal truth. And that's all I'm ever interested in is finding that universal truth. And that's a moving target. I'm, I'm sure Steve can tell you that. that you know, that's not as, as well stated as it should be. Right. But science and big food and government, and I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist, and we're getting ready to do a movie. We just got funded to do the movie about Fat, that. a documentary. Fat, a documentary. Yeah, yeah. We, that movie is going ahead, and we're going to put all of this information out there and let the, the consumer decide what they want to do. You know, it's not going to be like What the Health or Cowspiracy or, you know, um, uh, Forks Over Knives or any of these conspiracy films. It's going to be a film showing from experts. There's, all I'm doing is interviewing these doctors. Right. They're going to do all the work. Nice. Right? And that's the, you know, we, no one has ever done a movie about that. It's always been this side No, there's that always side. an agenda. Yeah, no, no agenda. Here it is. We're going to invite vegans along. We're inviting everyone along. Let's hear it. Let's see where we are. Let's see where the chips may fall. And the funding's there? It happened? We have, we're, we're over. Yeah, we still have four days left uh, for funding, and we hit 100% two days ago. Nice. On Friday. Thanks, awesome. Very nice. And we're at 115% of our thing now or something like That's that. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, so it's a go. And Drew is going to be in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Unlike Adam Carolla, I will have Drew in my movie. <laughs> You're a good man. Yeah. And, uh, Adam's a jerk, okay? <laughs> Adam, I love you, buddy. <laughs> Adam can afford to be a jerk. He's as talented as, I, I, as you know what. As let me let is. me just say something. You know, without Adam and Drew, none of this would be possible. Yeah. You know, I, I was bumping along. You know, the book had done really well. Um, my podcast has been around for six and a half years. That's done really well. And then one day, I was invited on to Adam and Drew, and that started that whole thing. And uh, then Adam went, "Wait a minute, let's bring this guy on my show." And I've been on that show every two weeks for two and a half years, and all of that brought me to a bigger audience right. that's allowed all of this to happen. So why? I love if you can Adam get the, if you can get the Corolla like world behind you, it's a, it's a, it's and, a gift. And by yeah. large, yeah, large degree, that's, I, I got lucky yeah. that that happened. So it, yeah, everything is moving ahead, and I, I have those two guys to thank. And uh, on that same note, Steve, I, you're a guy, I, Vinny and you, Steve, Mr. Steve Zim, I respect both of you so much because in a world where 
there's nothing but a bunch of social media meatheads who are just promoting their business with <clears throat> with a lot of empty a lot of emptiness. It, it's hollow. It's just a lot of like amazing exercises online and 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 a bunch of really uh, bad fake tans. You guys have both relied mostly on just putting the information forward and and getting the job done. Uh, but you kind of you accidentally stumbled upon an alarming amount of success online recently with the BuzzFeed oh, stuff. I yeah. Mean- <laughs> yeah. I, I'll tell you, it, this is a story. It's kind of funny. Uh, for 10 years, I was back and forth from LA to New York doing the Today Show and loved it. It was fantastic and it ran its course. Um, and I wrote three books and life is fine. Everything's good. Then uh, about a year and a half ago, my 18-year-old daughter, Taylor, said to me, Hey, Dad, you're not on Facebook, you're not on Instagram, and all these trainers who don't train anybody have these big followings. you you got to do this. I'm like, okay, you do it. And so, because uh, I get to work by 6 in the morning, 7 the latest, I'm there till 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, I don't have time for this. So she does it. So within a week, we get a, a, a message that says, Hi. And she goes, what do you want to write back? I go, Hello. So she sends it back. About a few days later, a producer, the guy who wrote Hi, is a producer from BuzzFeed. He goes, listen, I saw this thing you did on the TV show Extra with Chris Evans, who plays Captain America. Uh, we saw you get him in shape and what got him all ripped man. up. Oh, what a beautiful man. <laughs> uh, we, you see? Um, <laughs> so uh, you got him ripped up, and they followed it over a four-week period. He goes, I, I was really impressed by that. Do you think you could take two regular people and do the same thing? I go, absolutely. So these two producers came in, a guy and a girl, and over four weeks we did the makeover. And, it's, and it went up on YouTube. It's called uh, We Train Like Superheroes for 30 Days. Anyway, it was the fastest video in BuzzFeed's history that they produced to get to 10 million views. It's now, it was number one trending on YouTube for several days, and now it's hit, I think, 20 million views. That's wow. unfucking believable. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. right? That's and, unfucking believable. Way, you know, it's exactly what I always say. You look at Steve, you don't look at that and go, okay, he's the guy that should be doing that. Because after I wrote my book, William Morris said, We love you, man. We know who you are. You've been training our clients for years, but you don't exist on Google. Like, right. you, you Googled me, it did not exist. Right, and they said you need to go figure out how to become famous on the internet. So I went home that night and Googled how to become famous on the internet, <laughs> and I pulled, I pulled up two things. I pulled up a girl named uh, Jenna Marbles yeah. who was sitting on the edge of a bed in a bikini, crying because she didn't get to go to spring break. And I went, okay, I don't have a bikini, so that's never going to work. <laughs> and then or I a pu- badge. Yeah, but I just thought you needed a bikini. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, and then I pulled up another one that's it showed a squirrel that looked like someone had duct taped to a set of water skis, and the squirrel was water skiing. Yeah. And I went, okay, I have duct tape, but I don't have a squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> so the next day, I was talking to my nephew in Louisiana, a young kid, and I said, You have any idea how you become famous on the internet? And he goes, Yeah, do a podcast. And I said, what? what was that called again? <laughs> he goes, idiot, you used to do a radio show in New Orleans back in the 80s. And he goes, I was very young, but I do remember everyone talked about your radio show. I said, yeah, but what does that have to do with, what's this thing called again? A pod thing? He goes, a podcast. I said, what's that? He said, it's a radio show 
on the internet. And from the time I heard the word podcast till the time I started a podcast was five days. And it was actually with a friend of Dr. Drew's. It was uh, Anna Vocino. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who Drew loves. I think Anna's been on your show, right, Susan? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I called, she was the only person I knew with a microphone. I said, I said Anna, we, you ever hear of a podcast? She goes, yeah, I know what it is. I said, can I do one? I thought you just did one. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know live, you had to keep. Live forever like a documentary. I didn't know what it yeah. was. I didn't know. But it's the same thing when your daughter said, someone said hi, and you said, Say hello. And I started chuckling inside when he said that because I'm going, we're two older dudes going, how do we do this again? Yeah. What is this? It's crazy, right? I fucked Ray J. That's how I got famous on the internet. It was was incredible. But in the mouth, right? Right. Yeah. No, I did. And he was was like, with your micro penis. Well, yeah. He had that kind of problem. But I got strong. I got a strong grip from all the years of Muay Thai and I fucking just got the plum behind his head and (laughs) drove it in. (laughs) Uh, gentlemen, honestly, uh, at zimfit.com, or excuse me, at, at a tighter you. Oh, let me start all over. A tighter you with the letter u.com, at zimfit. No, no, Zim, forget zimfit. Don't fuck it? Yeah, fuck, fuck that. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just a tighter you. At a tighter you, and then also a tighter you. And that's a tighter, the word a, tighter, and then the letter u.com. Uh, located in Culver City, it is also a gym. I can't recommend it enough. Steve, thank you. Vinny, go ahead. Fat, a documentary. We're going to see it. Fat, a documentary is coming out. Thank you. That's going to happen. And that's my only plug. This is about Steve. Yeah, but also at, at VinnyTortorich.com. At VinnyTortorich.com. Go check it out. Yeah. If you get tired of Steve's at a tighter you, go to VinnyTortorich.com. Yeah. And also both. you go there and, and can see a lot of funny battles, uh, word battles with people who Yeah, like yeah. To. It seems to. And if you get tired of that, Dr. Drew is being argued with online all, all evening, every all evening. All day, yeah. yes, all day. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, gentlemen, it's been a, a real pleasure, and I appreciate it. And that is another riveting installment of the Swole Patrol. Thank you sincerely for making this show a success, and it's all because of you, the followers, and the listeners. Please tell a friend. Let them know that it's the best place to find health and fitness information with a nice little peppering of entertainment. Hey everybody, it is the Swole Patrol Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Catherwood and Dr. Drew is at Dr. Drew, of course. Join the email list today. Send your questions, drdrew.com slash contact and put swole at the top of the email so we can get your comments and this will get you a weekly email reminder with a link to this show and all the great shows that Dr. Drew and I do and all the shows that Dr. Drew does by himself and of course with Adam Carolla, the great ace man. Please tell a friend and subscribe on iTunes. Don't forget to rate us five stars. And on Podbean or Google Play, all three help us out. We also are on YouTube slash Dr. Drew, and I uh, hope you can give us all your comments, even if they're if you're a troll and you want to destroy our feelings and our emotions. Support our sponsors and the show. Click on the banners on drdrew.com for the links to, uh, to products. For special discounts for the products, Dr. Drew and I endorse 100%. Send questions and comments to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Swole Patrol Podcast, or on Twitter, at Swole Patrol Pod. Also, browse drdrew.com for the This Life podcast that I co-host on occasion, and all the other shows available, like uh, Adam and Dr. Drew and the This Life podcast. A lot of great stuff. Um, Don't forget to check me out on uh, K-Rock in the mornings on the Kevin and Bean Show, and uh, be good. Be swole. Hashtag Swole Patrol.